This is a Detail Podcast. Welcome to Brutal Combat, the only brewery in Outworld. What beers can I get started for everyone? I'll take the cryo-hopped cold IPA you call Sub-Bureau. I would like the toaster, smoked porter. I want the nut puncher, peanut butter imperial stout, baby. Did you guys see Goro when he came in? He's quadruple fisted beers over there. Um, I'll just have the mortal kombucha. Get over here and give me the get over beer IPA, please. Give me the your role is mine cinnamon roll pastry stout. The characters continue to discuss their favorite beer styles and each one has a different preference. They all agree that beer is a great way to relax and unwind after a long day of fighting. Brush up on your fatalities and get ready to finish him, because today on the show, we're talking about Mortal Kombat. Drink your flight. Drink your flight. Drink your flight. Drink your flight. Wow. That was great. Oh, those never get old. Oh, instant Grammy. Right <laughs> Hello and welcome to Drinkin' Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin the Kang. <laughs> and alongside me is Saf Zero, and with me is. Uh, I can't think of anything. Kill him, Keith. There we go. And with me is Smoking Pale, because <laughs> that's the best I got. And today's episode is featuring beer from Pax Verum slash Cosmetic, and we are talking about Mortal Kombat. Oh, we already did that. <laughs> All right, so this is a collaboration uh with Pax Verum. This used to be the Indiana City 
uh, collab, which we've had, which was a session IPA. But now it's Kismetic because, unfortunately, Indiana City no longer exists. <sighs> but the two owners for Kismetic used to work at Indiana City. That's right. So there's the connection. Fatality. Fatality. <laughs> unfortunately. All right. This beer comes in at 6.9% and has 64 IBUs, which is... Drum roll, please, because I forgot to look it up. It's got to be Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know why I had to look it up. <laughs> Nintendo 64! Insert sound here. In collaboration with Cosmetic Brewing for the 2023 Post Festival, dank hints of resin with a smooth finish with just a hint of berry. And the Post Festival must be a music festival in indie. I assume. Because on the side of the can, it lists like a bunch of, they look like band names, but I'm not familiar with any of them. Ooh. COVID, Tiny Moving Parts, Rosetta, the Apple Seedcast. Okay. The American Dollar, The World is Beautiful Place, and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. No, I've oh, no idea. What, what a band name. <laughs> wow. Hubris. What kind of song? Like, what is this? Like, is it local bands? Like, I've it's never heard of any of these people. Exactly. I hear sirens. We all do, buddy. We all do. <laughs> Be interested to check that out. Antlerhead. That's my favorite one. There you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's a metal I band if I've ever heard of one. Yeah, I mean, I do like the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the stage. <laughs> <Who>? <laughs> Big Pit if, sounds like a level in Mortal Kombat. That's true. Right, yeah. The I wonder if they go by like an acronym like T W I A B P. That's even harder to say. I N L A T D. Wowzers. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of the can, I only just said that there's bands on the side, but the main center of the can is like, I don't know, it kind of looks like a moon, maybe? A moon breaking? Yeah, like breaking through Shatter. some glass or ice or something. Right. It, the blue color reminded me of Sub-Zero. That's why I suggested it for this episode. And then I, I showed the one from Indiana City last year has like a red can. That reminds me more of Scorpion. Maybe it's a skull being bashed that's been frozen by Sub-Zero. Oh, that looks Ooh, good. Good one. Go. I was thinking it was a, uh, a spinoff of the movie Melancholia where the planet comes really close to the Earth and Ooh. they just watch mm. it. And then it smacks into the Earth and everyone dies. <laughs> but you see Kirsten Dunst's boobies, and so that is worth more, a view. Yeah, worth the view. Worth seeing before the world ends. <laughs> it, it's also a cold IPA. We know Sub Zero likes those. He ordered one at the beginning of the show. He sure did. And uh, it also says on the side, brewed with Magnum, Simcoe, Belma, and Strata hops. Belma. <laughs> so we can look forward to trying those. And it was, I believe, brewed for, but I'm not sure if canned on July 28th and July 29th. And I you, think that might be the day of the, the festival. The bottom of the can. I I have beer in my five sixteen. I was just I still have beer in my can. All right, like I don't want to tip it. I was thinking when we went brewery hopping for my birthday, we picked it up. Mm -hmm. So it hadn't yeah, been yeah. in June. That's fair. I was thinking, I saw the date and I was like, you know what? That could be like when the festival is. Yeah, I yeah, I assume so. Mm -hmm. 
Is this our first cosmetic on the show? Yeah. Yeah, because they don't can normally. This is canned because it packs Verum canned it, I believe. Well, welcome to the show. Just drop in our DMs and hit us up. (laughs) Like I said, we went there on my birthday, Mm -hmm. or around my birthday, and Mm -hmm. it was a great, we had a great time there. They had lots of great beers, so Mm -hmm. I look forward to going back. A great vibe. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no website I can't find. Normally, we would. This is the part where we would talk about the website, but the website is just a Facebook link. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boring. Yeah. So they're on South Rural Street, downtown Indianapolis. Uh, female owned, well, half female owned. So that's all the information you're going to get. Just go check them out. They're awesome. Yeah, they're check them out downtown people. Indy, east east side, downtown. East side. <laughs> uh, for the beer. What color are we thinking or smells we got? I think it's, it's colors first. It's light. Yeah. So light. Yeah, we got a Pichu Pale here. Pichu Pale. Like, I mean, it's got to be, right? Yeah, there's it's got to be. It can't be a get over here. No. Yeah, there's this. That, yeah, that's. That's what you want, but that's yeah. not what you get. Yeah. When I it, hold I it wonder... up to the door, it is, but. <laughs> I've like, brown That's because you're seeing the door through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. I have a yeah, brown door, uh, too. I have a brown eye. (laughs) (laughs) Prove it. It also looks darker when you hold the beer up against that. (laughs) I wonder if it's lighter colored because of the cold aspect of it. However, they brew these cold IPAs because it doesn't look like a normal IPA. I'll tell you that. No, it does not. The fact that it's like 6.9% nice. Uh, ABV, like there's no way like this is super light. Like, Uh, yeah, yeah. Looks like a watery. Yeah, this is a light beer. You just gave us Miller Light. <laughs> I'm getting some hoppy scent, but I need to shake it up. But I filled my glass too full. Give it a twist. It's a. It's very bitter on the nose. There's West Coasty style. Exactly. In there. Yep. Uh, it smells worse than pine salt, and that's like the, <laughs> the like the quintessential. Here's what we're going to smell when we're smelling a West Coast. It's your pine saws. And this mm. is definitely not that. This is bad. Well, and the 64 is pretty yeah. high. Yeah. Not saying that this beer is bad because we haven't tasted it yet. But like from on the nose, like it's not appetizing. I don't want to drink this based <laughs> on smelling the can. Well, I'm going to go ahead and drink it anyways. Oh, me too. But I'm just saying like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. the smell of the can is like, come on now. Well, I mean now. Oh, right now, okay. All right now, light, 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 light. Definitely interesting. Like that berry flavor that you're saying kind of comes through at, up front. I felt like, and then there's got like that little bitter aftertaste. Yeah, oh, that yeah. aftertaste is what you smell. Yeah, there yeah, it yeah. is. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Mm. But as long as you keep drinking, it's really good. That's yeah. true. I'm getting major feels of like a brute IPA. Oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They they kind of were. A thing for like a little bit for like yeah, two right. years or something. Yeah, after the the hazies. Mm-hmm. So what we're it drinking just has like that bacteria right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like dry at the end. Yeah, for me, yeah. I, I think you're thinking of Brett. Yeah, you're thinking of a Brett. I'm oh, thinking yeah. Brett. <laughs> you're thinking of Brett. Yeah, those are more yeah. the Brettamycetes. Yeah, yeah, those are like the Yeah, those are the. The soury style, like Fodor beers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I will finish this. 
it's not enjoyable. <laughs> I'll enjoy aspects of it, but yeah, right. it's just like that aftertaste really hurts it. Yeah, it's very strong. Like, I feel like I'm keep drinking it, trying to chase something that's never going to be there. <laughs> so it's kind of let me down every time yeah, I that. drink it. But I'm trying to, like, find a good characteristic. That berry, I think? Yeah, that initial, like, little yeah. berry flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... I can drink it, but that doesn't mean I want to drink it. Right. Like, it's not... I'm not, drink, I'm not ordering this again in 2023. I think they change the recipe every exactly. year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will get it again, but I'll wait for the next festival yeah. because it's not... I wonder if that's just the cold IPA style. Like, it's got to preserve, like, the bitterness or something. I've had plenty of cold IPAs, and I don't think I've ever disliked one as much as I'm disliking mm. this one. But I don't. I don't know the makeup of them. Like I know that when I drink a hazy or something that's like very like nuggety style, mm-hmm. I have to drink that within a couple months, or it's bad. We are now three months since us getting this, but five months since or four months since it was canned. Like I don't know if like that matters. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. That's interesting. I'm. Reading a little bit about it, they said that the cold IPA should be super crushable, super crispy, but stronger than lagers, hence the lighter appearance, but definitely with that punch of hops. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's be- it's better than lagers. <laughs> yeah. It's got more flavor. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Now that I've drank some, I want to pour the rest of my can in, just, just in case I'm missing something. No, no, uh... Leftover, Nothing, no leftover goops. goops fell in there. No, I don't know if it's going to change anything. Uh, but untapped, I don't know if this is the right one. It says post fest collab Pax Verum and has the picture of the can, so it looks like it matches. So I'm just going to read that one. It does say cold IPA and has all the stats 154 check ins at a 3.9. I have two friends to check this in, giving it a 3.3. The one person who checked it in usually gives all the beers that we give high. He gives it low. Gave this one a 4.1. It's Dustin Wood from Barrel Chat. And then Joe King, or Joe King, had it at Paxverum. He gave it a 2.5. He had it a week after this was canned. Looks like it's on a flight. And now that I know that he's local, I need to meet him. He's just like, he's like my stout boss. <laughs> yes. He likes all my things. we got to find our stout bosses. <laughs> not seeing any comments, so that's not helpful. Decent re- or scores, but nobody's saying anything. Ryan M. said, I lived in Oregon, because I guess this is where the re- recipe came from. Drink at the brewery that invented that cold IPA. This is the best version I've ever had. Gave it a four and a quarter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what other variants would taste like. Because I know this is a first for me and Pale. I would like to drink a couple different kinds of this style and just compare them. Seeing if they, do they hit in the mark or is it a little bit different than normal ones? I mean, it's such a new style. It's hard to figure out if it's any good or not. Right. Did you guys 
have any other friends? Or did you already read those? No. No, we couldn't really find any comments or anything. We read a couple, but we're trying to get to our check-ins now, I think. Yeah, we read a couple. Pale said a few things, and I said something, and then that's about when you hop back in. (laughs) Okay, just making sure. And I checked in, so I'll start out, because that never happens. This one, not... I don't know. I... I didn't think it was that bad, but it was still kind of bad because I don't like the super bitterness of it. But I like that it's light, it's crisp, a little bit of sweetness up front, but it's just lingering hops. Like, I got to eat something with this. I got to get this hoppy thing out of my mouth, this taste. It just, it lingers way too much. Um, So, but with that being said, it's not saying it's terrible, but I definitely would not drink this again. I'm reaching for another style of beer. So I gave it a three and a half. Okay. I also gave this a three and a half. I, with all of my heart, believe that this would be a good beer in the summertime. While mowing the yard, doing the things, yard working. This is light and refreshing. But I do not know about this beer particularly. So... I guess we'll just have to see other cold IPAs out there, see if that's any different. But for this one, it's okay. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Three and a half is a good score. Yeah. Yeah. I also gave it a three and a half, (laughs) so that's why I say it's a good score. Uh, I said really delicious upfront berry flavor, but a back-end bitterness that is kind of unpleasant, which I think we all agreed with that point so no need to belabor it it's just yeah i wish if they didn't have that like fall off in flavor and then that like lingering mm-hmm. aftertaste it would be a really good beer it's just whatever that is needs to go right somebody needs to finish that yeah fatality it <laughs> <laughs> maybe if it wasn't 64 like maybe it's yeah. like 30 yeah i could do with a little bit of that flavor but it's yeah, just, it's yeah. pretty strong Mm-hmm. And I gave it a three and a half as well. I said, oh, giving- hey, hey, Holden Club. <laughs> I said, giving me characteristics of a brute IPA, more citrus, though. I'm okay with it, but not a huge fan of the style. So I just I agree with what everybody is saying. Keith, you mentioned food would probably prepare well with, with this. Just I to think- get rid oh, yeah? of the taste. Yeah. What, what do we got? Pale's pairing. What do we got? <laughs> Oh man, I, I wasn't even thinking about a, like a real pairing. <laughs> you <brought laughs> it said. Now you have to pick a food. I have to pick a food now. <clears throat> What's your usual go-to? A nice gouda or something like that? <laughs> I'm thinking like a ooh, um, smoked cheese right now. How about a like a tenderloin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in the Midwest, folks. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Can I get that thing as big as my head? Yes. <laughs> this big. Slice of cheese and A1 sauce. <laughs> One pickle. A little bit of spice. Like <laughs> Get the A1 and the ketchup. Mm-hmm. Mix it on the side. Just <laughs> cut it. Dip it. <sighs> there you oh, go. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. Welcome to the Midwest, <laughs> where all you fuckers think we're going to talk about ranch, but we're talking about tenderloins. <laughs> Breaded tenderloins. <laughs> and a few pickles, please. <laughs> you can keep your pickle. All right, that'll wrap up the beer segment. Let's talk about the Mortal Kombat. 
Mortal Kombat! I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink and Geek Out. Get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at drinkandgeekout.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at drinkandgeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. I mean, we, I don't know, about a year, maybe more ago, we did the watch-along for the first movie. He'll set that one out. Uh, but So we kind of talked about Mortal Kombat a little bit during that, but we never really got a full discussion of the games or my favorite part is the story i don't really care mm-hmm. about the games I, so keith agrees like the story is incredible For and sure. the fact that it's continued from the first game and it's the same story all the way through they've like done little in-game reboots but it's all canon and all part of the same story yep so that's kind of what we're talking about today and we'll talk about the games as we go as well uh, so the main story for Mortal Kombat, uh, this first paragraph covers Mortal Kombat 1 through 4. Shang Tsung was banished to Earthrealm 500 years previously and with the help of the monstrous Goro is able to seize control over the Mortal Kombat tournament in an attempt to doom the realm. With the help of the Thunder God Raiden, the Earthrealm warriors were victorious and Liu Kang became the new champion of Mortal Kombat. Unable to deal with his minions, Sang Tsung's failure, Outworld Emperor Shao Kahn lures the Earthworm Warriors to Outworld, where Liu Kang eventually defeats Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn then merged Adenya and with his empire and revived its former queen, Sindel, in Earthworm, combining it with Outworld as well. So earlier in the franchise, or before the franchise, uh, I think Outworld won the tournament and absorbed Adinya, and now he's trying to do the same with Earthrealm. He attempts to invade Earthrealm, but it is ultimately defeated by Liu Kang once more after the the Khan's defeat. Adinya was freed from the grasp and returned to a peaceful realm ruled by Princess Katana, the fallen elder god Sinok. Shinok. 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 You're Shinook. talking about the you're talking about the hops. You're, you're thinking about Shinook, yeah, <laughs> yes, hops. that's what's confusing me. <laughs> Shinnok, Shinnok, attempt to <laughs> conquer the realms and kill Raiden. However, he was also defeated by Liu Kang. So Liu Kang is like the main character essentially in these games. Yeah, Each, which but, makes you think that in the movie and I guess in the game lore in the beginning, Liu Kang was not the best in his tribe or yeah co- commune or whatever so it's like what do they really know <laughs> fucking losers and then if you play the game with any other character you could also win and save the world and all that but that's not the official canon the official canon is Liu kang is the winner and that's what the story goes based off yeah. of on each game and it was in mortal kombat 4 that shinnok Makes his first appearance. <laughs> For Nintendo 64! 64! <gasps> All right, I will say, and I think I mentioned this in the watch-along, I've only played the first one on the MS-DOS version. Yeah. 
uh, had the little floppy disk that you put in, like, run command Mortal Kombat. And then I played it a couple times in the arcade, mm-hmm. uh, maybe one or two. Uh, I I was always a Killer Instinct fan, so I always played those games yeah. instead of this game. So I'm going to be as little help as possible. But yeah, I, I, I can contribute to this once before, though. <laughs> I played the first, well, I owned the first two on Sega because that they had the blood and Super Nintendo didn't. So we had to buy a Sega just for that. Like my brother did anyways. <laughs> yes. uh, and then the neighbor had uh, number three. So those are the only three I've ever played. But I watch all the cutscenes every time a new game <laughs> releases on mm-hmm. YouTube to get the story because that's really what interests me. The games are kind of boring because it's yeah. like the same thing over and over. You just face off in a fight and then one of you wins there's not much to the game play but you know i'm not good at fighting games anyway and i've never played the fourth one and you probably can guess why i haven't because <laughs> you didn't have a nintendo, didn't didn't have a nintendo, nintendo 64. <laughs> so i do not remember that i didn't even know that game existed yeah that's the one that they tried to they transferred from the pixelated like yep. stand people mm-hmm. like doing the actual fighting to like bad 3d effects <laughs> yeah they were it was not good looking at all on the 64 but it was fun because it was because i grew up with the snes version and playing it there so actually seeing it in 3d yeah because it was my console it wasn't my brother's like this is mine so i took it's mind-blowing at the time but so yeah. yeah i loved it with the new characters and Shinnok and Quan Chi being introduced. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Which is why, good transition, that I went out and bought Deadly Alliance after four for the GameCube when that came out. So it looks He's like up the game. we will cover Deadly Alliance through Deception. So speaking of Quan Chi, it says the evil sorcerers Quan Chi and Shang Tsung join forces to conquer the realms. After several fights, the sorcerers emerge victorious, having killed most of Earthrealm's warriors until Raiden steps forth to oppose them. The dragon king Onaga, who had been freed from the warrior reptile, had deceived Shujinko into searching for six pieces of Kamidugu and the source of... Kamidogu daggers. (laughs) In the source of Onaga's power, Onaga confronted the alliance of Raiden, Shang Tsung, and Quan Chi to obtain Quan Chi's amulet, the final piece of his power. Only a few warriors remained to combat the Dragon King and his forces. Sujunko eventually triumphed over Onaga and removed his threat from the realms. And I stopped after this one. So I did not play the Dragon King series, so I don't know what happened. It made no sense to me. So <laughs> I tried to keep up with it, but I got lost in the Dragon King ser- saga. Armageddon's where it gets interesting again. Centuries before the first Mortal Kombat, Queen Dalia foretold the realms would be destroyed because the power of all the realms, warriors, would rise of such greatness that it would overwhelm and destabilize the realms, triggering a destructive chain of events. King Argus had his sons, Taven and Dagon, put into incubation, and so one day... They can be awakened to save the realms from Armageddon by defeating a fire spawn known as Blaze. In the end, however, Shao Kahn is the one who defeats Blaze, causing Armageddon. So what's interesting about Blaze, if you've played, I think, Mortal Kombat 1 or 2, in the background of the, I think it's the pit, mm-hmm. you can see a guy on the bridge 
adjacent to yours on fire, like fighting another guy. That's Blaze. Like somebody on like the internet made up a backstory for Blaze, and then they took that and made it canon and put it made yes. him as the guy in Armageddon. Yes. <laughs> so that's Blaze nice. back there on fire. Actually, <laughs> that's cool. Mortal Kombat 2011. The Battle of Armageddon culminated in only two survivors, Shao Kahn and Raiden. On the verge of death by the former hand, the latter sent visions of his past self in a last-ditch attempt to prevent this outcome. Upon receiving the visions, the past Raiden attempts to alter the timeline to advert Armageddon amidst the 10th Mortal Kombat tournament. While he succeeds in preventing Shao Kahn's victory with the help of the Elder Gods, he is forced to kill Liu Kang in self-defense and loses most of his allies to Queen Sindel, leaving Earthrealm vulnerable to Chinook and Quan Chi's machinations. So this is a light reboot to the series. It kind of is a retelling of the first three games, I think. Mm-hmm. Raiden sends back this message and it's like right before the events that we saw in Mortal Kombat 1 that his younger self receives I think the message and now he's trying to uh, just avert the future and not mm-hmm. let Armageddon happen but in doing so he fights with Liu Kang and kills him <laughs> <laughs> so the warrior from the first three games is now dead or four games uh, but this isn't the first time he died because I do remember at the beginning of Deadly Alliance, it was Shang Tsung and Quan Chi sneak up behind him and snap his neck. So Liu yeah. Kang is dead. But he's, he's in the nether realm, I think. He comes back in like zombie form in a couple oh, of yeah. games. So. Because like you don't really die. You go to – because there's like all – there's like 40, 50 different realms. realms. So now he's in the nether realm where all the dead fighters are and Scorpion. he has to like <laughs> fight his way back. Uh, so we're on Mortal Kombat – X or 10 because it's the 10th version of the game. Chinook and Quan Chi leading an army of undead revenants of those that were killed by Shao Kahn's invasion of Earthrealm. A team of warriors led by Raiden, Johnny Cage, Kenshi Takashi, and Sonya Blade oppose them. And in ensuing and in the ensuing battle, Chinook Chinook <laughs> is imprisoned. With his amulet and various warriors are resurrected and freed from his control through Quan Chi, though though Quan Chi escapes. 25 years later, the sorcerer resurfaces alongside the instructoid Devora to facilitate Shinnok's return. A vengeful scorpion kills Quan Chi, but fails to stop him from freeing Shinnok. To combat him, Cassie Cage, the son or daughter of uh, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade, leads a team composed of the next generation of Earthrealm's heroes in defeating him. With Shinnok and Quan Chi defeated Liu Kang, and Katana's revenants assume control of the Never- Nether Realm, and while Raiden taps into Shinnok's amulet. I think this game is the one that my students played on their playstation 4 or 5 or whatever i think it was 4 they brought it in for a day it was like a free day and i said yeah you can bring your playstation in and then i was working on stuff and they were playing mortal Kombat. and i looked up and said oh no no no, 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 no. nope nope but i'm not the parent that bought this game so it's not on me yeah uh 
Oh, yeah. Moving on, we have Mortal Kombat 11, which is one of the most, I think this That's is the, the recent. last one. Yeah. Last so one. Th- I should say the reason we're doing this episode now is because Mortal Kombat 1 comes out in mid-September. So maybe next week Yep. from the, the release of this episode. I think so. So we're looking forward to that new storyline because mm-hmm. it's kind of after 11. It, well, we'll see Yeah. <laughs> once he reads this. <laughs> I should go through that first. Yeah. But anyway, uh, 11, we have the architect of time in Shinnok's mother, Kronika, works to restart the timeline following her son's defeat and Raiden's tampering with her work. In doing so, she brings past versions of uh, Realm's heroes to the present, aligning herself with some while the rest work to defeat her. After nearly killing Liu Kang a second time, Raiden discovers Kronika has manipulated them into fighting across multiple timelines as she fears their combined power. Despite her interference and attacks by her minions, Raiden gives Liu Kang his power, turning him into a fire god so he can defeat Kronika and start history anew. Yeah, this was pretty badass <laughs> cutscene. I loved it. He gives over his power. Because they they like show all the times that they fought in the past, and then he's comes to the realization that they should stop fighting and merge type thing. So he, then we see Liu Kang finally become the god that he, he probably should have been all along because he was the one winning all the tournaments, mm-hmm. yep. and now he's like unstoppable, and he's he's in charge of building the new universe, new new timeline. It, yeah, yeah, the whole thing, everything is gone now, and it's just him left, and he brings Katana with him. And now they're together finally because they were like love interests this whole time, but they've been apart in different realms. Now they're together and rebuilding this whole universe. And that's what we get to find out what this universe will be in Mortal Kombat 1. I bet you love this because of all the goddamn time travel. (laughs) (laughs) Different dimensions. It's really interesting. Even though I don't enjoy playing the games, I enjoy the games. I'm glad they keep continue to exist yep and that's why i like the movies i wish the movies would come out more often i like the, like mm-hmm. those anime ones yeah, that come out every I now and those. then the the last live action one was they they messed up by just creating a new character to be the main guy instead of using any of the characters we know and right. doing a story around them but oh cole was it right yeah 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 that was weird yeah. kind of ruined it for me too Without knowing the story or anything, I think my favorite part of Mortal Kombat is the hooded or masked scorpion character. Yep. Yeah. He's like a really the, interesting story yeah, on like his that. own that we didn't really get into. Right. And I mean, I don't mean specifically scorpion. I mean, like the scorpion, the, the, the sub zero, the reptile, the yep. smoke, and ninjas. Like the nin- like the all of the same. Those different tribes. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Clint. Clint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Lin specifically Quay. which one I like to play, but I think I picked Reptile a lot because mm-hmm. he was green. It's like I have a choice. I, yeah. it, I have different mood set moveset based on the color that I pick. And it's not just like Smash Brothers where I pick a character and I change the color and it's the same character, yeah. just a different right. color. They have different mm-hmm. moves and different yeah. Uh, Storylines. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I can't believe we got this far in the, 40 minutes in and we haven't mentioned fatality <laughs> in these fatality. games. Like, like, that's like well, one of the huge 
aspects that like really caught this game on like made such a buzz around it's because it's like you would go to school the next day and you're like i ripped it out a guy's spine <laughs> like i don't even know how i did it because like the internet didn't really exist uh-huh. when we were playing these games so like th- i think that's really what caught fire around this game like i did series. the splits and i punched some dude in the dick <laughs> yeah <And> he died <laughs> and then like every game like added new like animalities and babalities and friendship like all that stuff it was always a fun addition too. I think like in the arcade, one of the things that I tried so hard, and I don't even know if it's possible, obviously the internet wasn't a thing playing these games in the arcade, is like I was playing the female characters. And I was like, is there a fatality where I see nakedness? Mm. <laughs> Boobality. <laughs> Do I get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Orchid in Killer Instinct, there's a flash. Ooh, that's where, where I that game. Yeah, people are like, ooh. Orchid, <laughs> their eyes bug out and their heads explode. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cartoon character. You, you could tell that Killer Instinct was full of uh, incels. Boops. Explode, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I was a pervert as a kid. Just then? Not now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No comment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What What is your favorite fatalities? What do you got? Well, I I kind of mentioned. I like the one where he grabs his neck and like rips his head off, and Mm -hmm. you could see his spine dangling and like blood dripping. Sub Zero signature. Sub Zero's. Yep. But like uh, later in the games, just watching all the cutscenes, it's you, they get so graphic where they like oh. cut into the bodies and you can see the bones shattering yeah. and like it gets yeah. really intense later with like the X-ray visions and stuff. Yeah, it's a little a little much, I think. But it's like <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, it's fun back when it was like pixelated art and yeah. it's like oh look at that, it's just like cartoons and now it's like oh man, this looks like a real guy just getting <laughs> ripped in half. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. need to see that. But why? Why'd you jump inside his butthole and then expand? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I I was gonna say for me, um, Scorpion, where he would pull his oh, face yeah, and off and it was fire. just the skull and he'd look at the camera and then just burn the guy. That was kind of neat. And then I really liked the introduction of the babalities and friendship that mm-hmm. was in Mortal Kombat 3 or 2 I or something three. like that. Yeah, that you could do all sorts of other goofy little things like turn them into babies <laughs> or there would be like a jack-in-the-box and like mm-hmm. you offer it as a toy and it's like friendship. <laughs> I'm like, this is so dumb. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of funny. You cut out like a paper doll and hold it yeah, up for no yeah, reason. It's like, thing. what is this? Like, I made I made you origami, <laughs> and then they just fall over dead. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, I liked uh, Raiden would like to electrocute the shit out of somebody until they like exploded. Yeah, exploded or turned into like nothing but a skeleton. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but my, I think my favorite of all time would have to be just the map. That you would pick if you uppercut them during mm. the fatality, mm-hmm. they would fly off the map and, and land in those spikes and the spikes. The infamous you, pit. You didn't have to know all the combinations to do that. No, you just it had just, to do an uppercut. Just do an uppercut, and it was pretty much like that's the fatality. It's like fatality, and it's like 
<laughs> Spikes. With heads hanging down there. That was, the yeah, that parts. Was cool. that was And those cool. were like the programmers yeah. or something. Yeah, something yeah, like Yeah, like, like they're just like photos <laughs> on this. They use their photos. Phil, did you have one? The one when Kane rips out the heart. Is that a fatality? Yeah. yeah. I Kano? believe so. Kane, when okay, when yeah, Kano, 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 Kano did it. Kano, sorry. Kano. Yeah, that was, in, that was in the movie too. That was like kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. Where he like ripped the heart out and it was still like beating. Yeah, it would still beat. So that was always my, it was so hard to pull off, but probably my favorite. Yeah, dude, like the, the dick punch by Johnny Cage Johnny as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not really a fatality. Like, that was just like a move you could I know, do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like, I was going to say, I like that movie. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I remember getting like a printout of like all of the button presses. Mm-hmm. Like someone at school just gave me a printout to like, here, try all these. Yeah. <laughs> I could never get them to work though. Uh, made me so mad. Yeah. We did the very similar thing with Killer Instinct. Like we went over to a buddy's house and he had like a like a print off of all the characters and we mm-hmm. would just like do one v one and be like, Okay, just stand you just there. Keep, kill me, yeah. 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 And now try me. the move. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It was I it is so good. I like, would just play against a computer or, or or like a number two, but just sit the controller there. I don't have a friend, it's just the dead controller. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there was additional games in the Mortal Kombat universe, yep. the MKU, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, added to some prequels and some backstory in these games as well. Yeah, almost like DLCs, but also like spinoffs, if you will. <laughs> uh, the first one that I remember, but I didn't play, would be the Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. A spinoff of the Mortal Kombat franchise. It is the first installment to not be a fighting game. Set before the original 1992 game, players control Bihan, the elder Sub-Zero, during his quest to find Chinook's amulet. It also serves as a prequel to Mortal Kombat 4, which was released the same year. Introducing characters and the story elements that would be used by the fourth main installment. Mythologies is the final game in the series to use digitized actors. Mm-hmm. That's important. Uh, I I did play this game a little bit. It's really bad. Yeah. Like it's like a side-scrolling game, but it's also essentially a fighting game. You approach an enemy, and it essentially becomes a Mortal Kombat tournament. But then you have to to turn around. You have to like hit like the A button just makes you turn around, so you, it like <laughs> so you could walk backwards. I guess is the thinking. But like mm-hmm. it's really annoying and hard to play. It's like they tried to branch out to say with mm-hmm. now they had the technology. Like okay, people are maybe kind of tired of two D fighting games. Like mm-hmm. what can we do to expand the universe, if you will, of our <laughs> story and you know different game style and see what they could do with it. And it was an epic fail. Yeah, that's why there's only a couple of these spinoffs. Kind of reminds me of the Legends of Zelda 2, where it yeah. went from a top down to a side yeah. scroll. And it's just like, absolutely... let's try something different. Mario was popular in this format. Yeah, it's garbage. Pale? Is it your turn? Mortal Kombat Special Forces, a spinoff of the Mortal Kombat franchise set before the first game. Players control Jax as he pursues criminal leader Kano and his gang. Mortal Kombat Special Forces is a third-person view-action adventure game. The protagonist is Jax, 
who uses not only hand-to-hand combat techniques, but also firearms and explosives. There are five levels set on Earth and Other Realm, with a boss battle at the end of each of them. Upon release, the game was planned, panned by critics for its poor level design <laughs> and tedious gameplay. And it is considered one of the worst video games of all time. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Jesus. Pale. What a drop off on the franchise. <laughs> I kind of want to play this. Now. I've never even heard of I it. Too. So that's funny. I mean, we keep, we do a watch along with all these bad movies. We should do a play yeah, along with some of the worst <laughs> video games of all time. If they were like find and findable and playable. Yeah, I know. That, it, it makes that's it more difficult, thing. but. <laughs> that's true we'll just watch you play we can watch yes. do a watch along of dustin walk, walkthroughs or something let somebody else play it on YouTube. yeah we can do that uh that's so funny i think there was another game they were working on at that same time with uh cassie or not cassie uh sonia that was gonna but that this game was so bad that it just like threw that one in the trash <laughs> like nobody's gonna play it uh, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monk, Shaolin Monk, Shaolin, 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 Shaolin Monks, an action adventure spinoff starring Liu Kang and Kang Lao, Kung Lao, Kung Lao, Kung, Kung. I thought it was Kung, Kung Lao. I, don't know. I think you're right. Shaolin Monks is an action adventure beat 'em up video game developed and published by Midway for PS2 and Xbox, a spinoff of the Mortal Kombat franchise. It is a retelling of events for Mortal Kombat 2. Players control the Shaolin monks, Liu Kang, and Kung Lao in either single-player or co-op play as they protect Earthrealm from the forces of Outworld. The game features three main modes of play. Aside from single-player mode, the game has a co-op mode where two players can work together through the game with access to some areas and items that are inaccessible th- during the single-player mode. There's also a versus mode where the two players can fight against each other in some of the arenas featured in the game. So this is where they tried to go do a spin-off, but also kind of make it a Mortal Kombat game where you're, it's still like the tournament fighting style. And um, It's interesting seeing like events from Mortal Kombat 2 from a different perspective in like the cutscenes that I watched. I remember this one, but I don't remember playing it. So it seemed yeah, intriguing at the time, but it was just one of those like, eh. I didn't have a PS2 or an Xbox. Yeah. I bought the PS2 on the back end of its life. So that's <laughs> one I didn't go back and grab. Yeah. The PS2 Slim is what I purchased. Mm-hmm. I just mostly used it as a DVD player because <laughs> yeah. it was so portable. I'm like, I just crammed that in the backpack and I got a portable DVD player. I know my brother had one, and I think the only thing I played was Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yep. Yeah, I got all those <laughs> over there somewhere on PS2. All right. And that leads us to one of my favorites to watch the story behind, even yeah, though it's not cool. canon, but it was amazing because this is a mashup of two of my favorite things. And they still consider it Mortal Kombat 8, even though it's not technically yeah, canon. That's true. Uh, this is Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe, made by the Never Nether Nether Realm Studios, which is what <laughs> Mortal Kombat Midway is. went bankrupt, yeah. and who was the original owner, and then they formed Nether Realm. Yep. Uh, this game is a crossover between Mortal Kombat and the DC Universe, and is the eighth main installment in the Mortal Kombat franchise. Story was written by comic writers Jimmy Palmiotti 
and Justin Gray, and takes place after Raiden, Earthrealm's God of Thunder, and Superman, Metropolis's Defender, repel invasions from both their worlds. An attack by both Raiden and Superman simultaneously in their separate universes causes the merging of the Mortal Kombat and DC villains, Shao Kahn and Darkseid, resulting in the creation of Dark Khan, whose mm. mere existence causes the two universes to begin merging. If allowed to continue, it would result in the destruction of both. Characters from both universes begin to fluctuate in power, becoming stronger or weaker. Hence, they always have to do that whenever Superman's yeah. involved. we got to level out the playing field. <laughs> or like a character like Flash who could just like run through you and yeah. kill you. It's like, oh, not now he's not quite as fast and you can fight him. And then all of a like sudden... even playing field. Exactly. Batman now becomes OP, so... <laughs> <laughs> yep. But having a Batman-Scorpion matchup was something I never thought I would ever want in my life. Yeah. And I loved it. I'm like, my two favorites. That's so cool. <laughs> it's such a fun idea. And having Joker there just... With his mouth and just K running. Causing like, chaos. Yes. It just fits so well because you can get more bloody and gory with the Mortal Kombat. And that's really how Joker is. So it was yeah. really a darker Batman and not a, yeah, it, it worked well. I was going to say, so Jimmy, Paul Miotti, and Justin Gray, uh, it looks like they were inkers. I don't know if they drew them, but they wrote and they were inkers for... The Monolith, Batwing, and Harley Quinn. Mm. And Justin Gray is known for Harley Quinn, Jonah Hex, and Hawkman, and Power Girl. So they were like the B squad yeah, of in the DC universe. DC universe. <laughs> so they got their uh, their uh, uh, upcometh with doing this DC universe and uh, the uh, the Mortal Kombat. I. Wonder, do they have anything to do with the Injustice games? Because that's kind of yes. what spun off. I think they went off to do Injustice after that. They loved it so much, so they. I think they gave the studios the right or permission to make all that. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Injustice is by Another Realm Studios. Because mm -hmm. WB owns that. That's why Mortal Kombat and HBO, all that is tied together now. Yeah, I don't see that they're listed. Uh, but it is by the studio that we talked to, Nether Realm. Uh, Ernie oh. Altbacker is the writer of Injustice. Oh, that's a film. Yeah, there's a film based off of the game. I, mm -hmm. yeah. I think there's also a comic book now, too. All right. So, yeah, Nether Realm Studios, the developer, the producers were Adam Urbano and Hans Pilo. Uh, designers Paulo Garcia, John Edwards, artists were Steve Barron, writers were Brian Chard, Dominic uh, Ciencilio, John Vogel, and John Greenberg. So, no. so these kind of just took the idea. And yeah, ran. and they just kind of ran with it. Yep. Mortal Kombat Mobile, originally named Mortal Kombat X Mobile. The mobile game is described as, sorry, I can't say it. The mobile game <laughs> is described as a free-to-play fighter-slash-card battler hybrid, and players are able to unlock content in the console version of this game, Mortal Kombat X, by playing the mobile version and vice versa. In February 2019, the game was renamed Mortal Kombat Mobile with its 2.0 update with a vast overhaul of new features for Mortal Kombat 11. I tried this. I did not feel the free-to-play version as much as they said. It still, as most mobile games go, 
feels like a uh, pay to win. Yep, 100%. <laughs> uh, or here's all the ads, pay to get rid of them, here's the store. It's it's really tough. Uh, but it was nice seeing like all the characters that I was familiar with, but then there was like a bunch of cards or cards or characters that I just had no idea who they were. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was like the same as all the other card games or quote-unquote mm-hmm. card battlers. And I was like, well, I've already put so much other time in this other one, so I guess. Yeah, let's just go. Yeah, it's not worth it. <clears throat> I played the Injustice mobile version, which is kind of this, this similar. I think it's based on the same, uh, yeah. I don't know, platform or whatever. But yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I didn't need to play this one because I didn't really enjoy that. It, I didn't like the fighting style where it's like either push or hold or swipe. Yeah. It's, it, I'd rather play with a controller. Yeah, a lot of the times it's like when you play these games that are kind of like battlers or combats, you're like autoplay. Yeah, time, basically. Like times two speeds. Just get through <laughs> the combat for me. Yes. It will be okay. But I think like if you were f- you know familiar with all the like Mortal Kombat's uh, from the beginning of the time till now, you probably already know this game and play it. But if you don't, I probably... Yeah, it's a free the, download. Yeah, it's nostalgia. It's almost like playing the Super Mario mobile game. You know, you get the first free levels mm-hmm. for free. You collect all the stars, and then that's uh, enough. That's enough for me. Yeah, yeah. All right, that'll do it for the, our Mortal Kombat discussion. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Mortal Kombat One. Maybe we'll uh, do a in the bonus round. We'll talk talk about the, the story, cut scenes from that, <laughs> and see how that plays out. Uh, but uh. Exciting stuff ahead for the Mortal Kombat franchise. I'm not sure about the sequel to that movie or if they're working on that because, you know, Hollywood's all on strike right now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that'll take so, some time. Uh, that's still up in the air. I'm, I know uh, Warner Brothers won't, since they own the rights, they're going to do something eventually. Oh, uh, speaking of that, I know we're just trying to wrap it, but the continuation of the movie, talking about the, um, the last game that has just released for console, the extra downloads where they brought Shang Tsung in as part mm-hmm. of the DLC. And it was the movie Shang Tsung. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, they had like the same voice, the same guy. guy, the same face. They, they put him mm. in and his same voice. And I'm like, Oh, that's the Shang Tsung that I know <laughs> from the movies that were not very good, but I still, yeah, all the know. DLC is awesome. Cause you can play as like RoboCop or Rambo or yep. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, did you see for the new one coming out with all the DLC characters? Homelander's I've seen in a it? couple of them. They got <laughs> Homelander, Omni-Man, yes, and all that. They have all these guys they said we got the rights to. And so. That, that's a perfect mashup, too, because the boys is so bloody uh-huh. and violent. I'm <laughs> like, oh, this ought to be great. Yeah. Homelander and Omni-Man are fucking the worst. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's fun. All right. Uh, look forward to that. And until then. Drink up, up and, and geek out. Geek out. Finish him. And finish him. <laughs>